Thanks so much for joining us online for today's message. We are always encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all across the world through what he's doing right here at Southcrest Church. So if you have a story to share, please send us an email at hello at southcrest.tv. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online so that we can continue to share these types of messages with the world. Now today's message is from our series, Couples Therapy. During this series, we're learning how we can have healthier marriages and better relationships in life. God has a bigger and better plan for our marriages and our relationships, and we want to discover what His plan is so that we can be successful and have relationships that last a lifetime. All right, uh, I want to welcome you here this morning. Uh, This morning is a very, very special day in the life of our church. Uh, Right now, if you are watching us live at our LaGrange campus, I want you to give me a big round of applause. We are live right now between two campuses. Noonan, I want you to... That's right. That's awesome. Today is a very historical day in the life of our church. We have been praying for over three years that God would give us the opportunity to launch a campus in the city of LaGrange. And so today we have made history. I can't help but think of the 14 people who 14 years ago sat in a catfish restaurant and dreamed of a church that would literally cover and reach all of South Atlanta. And so today, man, we just give God praise. I want us to give the Lord Jesus another round of applause this morning. So we welcome you. If you're here at our Noonan campus, if you're at our LaGrange campus, we're so excited. We kick off a brand new series today called Couples Therapy. So what I want you to do is look at the person next to you and say, we are now in therapy. (laughs) All right. For some of you sitting guy to guy or girl to girl, that was a little awkward. All right. Like, dude, I know you need therapy. I'm glad you're here today. Okay. I want to introduce you to my wife, Tracy. Uh, good she, morning. Good morning. She, uh, y'all give her a round of applause. This is awesome. <laughs> Tracy and I have, uh, we have been in therapy for 24 years, okay? Uh, marriage and a relationship is therapy. So if you're here and you're married or you're in a relationship, uh, welcome to therapy. That's what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks. Now, here's the weird thing. There's a little bit of a stigma about therapy. I don't know why. I think because people think when you go to therapy, it's because something's really messed up or you're jacked up or you're broken. And, you know, sometimes that's the case. But a lot of times we go to therapy because we want to get stronger and we want to get healthier and we want to get better. I don't know about you. Um, if I'm going to spend my life with somebody, I want to get better at it. I don't want to just live average. I just don't want to live halfway. I want to go all in, right? That's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And so uh, for us, this whole series is about us sharing a little bit of our life with you. Uh, You know, the cool thing about Tracy and I is this. uh, We have far from a perfect marriage. (laughs) We have far from a perfect marriage. We fight. We disagree. uh, At times, we don't get along. At times, we challenge each other. And guess what? Both of us is always right. And uh, if you're in a relationship, you know how important that is. But I want you to understand as your pastor that I have invited her to write these messages with me. And so literally over the next four weeks, what you're going to hear from us as a couple is what we have written together. And we believe that God's going to use that to challenge us. Now, the cool thing is this. I've invited her to be a part of the series, and God is using this in our life to even strengthen our marriage. Well, I'm here to confess this morning that I'm excited to be a part of couples therapy. 
and I hope you are too, because I want my relationships to be healthy and strong. Over the next four weeks, we will be talking a lot about marriage, but the truth is everything that we share will apply to any relationship in your life, not just marriage. If you're married, this series is for you, but if you're divorced, dating, single, or want to be in a relationship with someone, this series is for you too. It really is for all of us. That's right. That's right. So some of you teenagers are here, and you're like, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not married yet. But if you want to be married someday, this series is for you, okay? You're going to learn a lot. So I want to tell you that over the next four weeks, we're going to frame this whole series through one chapter of the Bible. I'm very excited about that. Colossians chapter 3. In fact, in your seat today, you got a card that says couples therapy, and we're going to talk about it more in just a minute. But here's what we believe. We believe the Word of God is so relevant that you can apply it to different areas of your life, even if it doesn't specifically talk about marriage and relationships. However, we're going to be shocked by the time we end today what this passage of Scripture has to say to us. And so I'm very, very excited. Can't wait for you to hear how God's going to use that in our lives. Take that card, stick it in your Bible. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but I want us to pray over the series, and then we're going to have some fun this morning. Father in heaven... Thank you for this day. God, thank you for the people that you've brought into our lives. Lord, for us who are married, I thank you for our spouses. Lord, for those of us who are in a dating relationship, God, I thank you that you've brought somebody into our life that we can discover, uh, Lord, what your will is for that. And Father, I pray for us who, who aren't in relationships. Lord, maybe we've come out of a difficult situation. Maybe we've come out of a strife or a struggle or a very, very... Uh, hurtful situation. God, I pray that this morning that the healing would begin in people's lives. And so, Lord, we lift up this series to you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm excited that you guys are here this morning. And uh, let me tell you what, this is going to be an incredible series. I want to begin by asking you a few questions this morning, and I need you to be honest with yourself. Okay, first of all, why did you get married? Some of you are going, I'm asking that question a lot today, Okay. How does my marriage or my dating relationship compare to others? I mean, that's a question I hear people ask a lot. How does my spouse or my boyfriend or my girlfriend compare to someone else? Is this relationship worth it? I've heard people ask that question a lot in life. Can it last? Is it built to last? Can she or he really meet my needs? That seems to be really big in our culture. I really need someone who can meet my needs. Do I want to be alone my whole life? I hear a lot of single people say, I want to get married just because I don't want to be alone my whole life. And believe it or not, that's something that people wrestle with. How does my relationship or how does this relationship benefit me? What are the benefits of it? What do I get out of it? How does this person or how does this spouse truly make me happy? And then believe it or not, we ask this question sometimes, does this person truly complete me? Truly complete me. You know, I've noticed over the last couple of years, we are crazy about celebrity relationships. I mean, if you look on television, whether you watch TMZ or whether you watch another station, the things that we talk about related to celebrity relationships we talk about it all the time. I mean, we're kind of obsessed by it. I mean, it doesn't, you know, Kim and Kanye and I mean, all these different people, we look at them and, and we want to look at them because maybe 
we're looking at ourselves. In fact, I thought about this this week. You see, we're obsessed with other people's relationships because we think something is broken or missing in ours. And so we love to look at a couple that we think has it all together or we hope they have it all together. And we say, you know what? Something must be broken in mine. It's like this. Most people get married or enter a relationship not understanding what they're truly saying yes to. I mean, I was 21 years of age when I got married. Tracy was 23, and we fell in love at a very, very young age. And I look back on that now, and I say, would I counsel a 21-year-old guy to get married? Probably not. Would I counsel a 23-year-old girl? Well, if she was marrying someone like me, I probably would, okay? The truth is, I wouldn't. I would look at them, and I'd say, do you really understand what you're getting into? I mean, do you really know? Do you really understand? I thought about it this way. Most of us are willing to say, I will, because we want, right? We get to the altar, and we look at the price tag, and we say, I'm willing to say, I will to this person, because this is what I want out of this relationship. Why do we do that? Because our culture, our culture bends us to have that viewpoint, You know, I thought about it this way. There's a lot of different viewpoints in marriage. In fact, I've really, in my life, began to see probably three main viewpoints that we deal with when we look at relationships, but specifically when we look at the marriage relationship. The first one is this. Marriage is a theory I'm trying to prove. Some of us are like, I've heard that you should get married at a certain age, and so I'm going to get married, and I'm going to try to prove that this theory works, that two people can live together forever. (laughs) And I don't know about you, I meet people all the time, they're like, this theory doesn't work. The second viewpoint is this, is that marriage is a fantasy I want to live out. We have a fantasy marriage. We look at all the things around us and all the, the celebrities around us, and we're trying to live out a fantasy in a relationship called marriage. And as a couple, what happens is when one person or both people begin to live out a fantasy, sooner or later that fantasy runs out. But I think some people, they're at number three here. Number three is this, marriage is a reality I'm stuck in, right? You get to the point sometimes in a relationship and you're like, is this all there is? I mean, am I stuck here? Like, am I, are we going to live this way the rest of our lives? Like, are they going to put me in a casket someday and bury me? And I'm going to be thinking back, hey, I wonder if. And so for a lot of couples, that's the viewpoint of marriage that they have. So today we're talking about this idea of couples therapy because we need to have different viewpoints and we need to ask different questions about our marriages and about our relationships. In fact, I believe if you'll hang with me all four weeks, and I want to ask you to make a commitment to try to be here all of these four weeks, because I believe God wants to take us somewhere. Now, here's what I do know about therapy. For most of us, by the time we go to therapy, here's the question that we're asking. What can I do to have a better marriage? No, that's not what we're asking. Can I be real honest with you today? Here's what we're asking. How can I get this person to do what I want so that I will be happy? Right? I mean, if you believe that, say amen. Most of the time we show up at therapy and it's not, man, I want a better marriage. I want a better relationship. I want us to soar. Like I want us to live our lives on top of the mountains. Instead, it's like, how do I change her? 
Because she is not the person I married, and he's not the guy I married. And we're like, did, did someone switch spouses with us? Like, what happened? But I want you to know over the next couple of weeks, marriage is only the context of our therapy. It's only the context. Why? Because it's one of the most important relationships we see in life. And it tends to be the one thing that our world and our culture wants to destroy and to take away from us. So we're going to dig in today. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And as you do that, I want to make a very, very important point to you today as we kick off. First of all is this. Marriage is designed for us to live holy ever after and not happily ever after. I just blew up the culture. I mean, think about it. I just killed every Disney movie about love. But I want you to think about this thought with me today. What if marriage... What if the marriage relationship was designed to make us holy and not just make us happy? You say, well, I would have never got married. Because my whole idea was I needed somebody to complete me. See, here's the problem. If we look in Scripture, we don't always understand what the word holy means. If you look in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26, the Bible says this. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to what? Make her holy. All the guys in the room go, all this time I've been trying to make her happy. Whoo, man, I don't have to buy her a thing. It's all good. The Bible says there's a different purpose and a different design for the marriage relationship. And it's not just about our happiness. It's about God wanting to make us holy. The problem is, is we think holiness is about outward actions. I mean, we think holiness is about the length of a skirt or the type of a song. Or we think the idea of holiness is about like, you know, sitting in your prayer room and going, oh, I mean, that's not holiness. If you look in Scripture, the the Scripture tells us a lot about what it means to be holy, but if you really go and just break it down, here's what it means to be holy. It means to be set apart to be what? Different. Now, how many of you want average love? Sean, I am praying that me and my spouse, we just have average love. Like, I just want nominal relationships in my life. No, none of you in this room want that. Every person in this room, if you're honest, you want above average. You don't want just to settle. You want the best. You want something that's unique. Can I tell you God wants the same thing for your relationships? He wants the very same thing for your marriage and for your relationships. To be holy means to be set apart, to be different, So when the Bible says that we're to focus more on becoming the right person than finding the right person. In fact, marriage calls me to be the right person, not just find the right person. That's weird, isn't it? Like, that's so counterculture. I mean, when you think of that right there, you're like, whoa, I've been spending, I mean, I I, I spent a lot of time finding him, like, the right guy. Like, 
Some of you ladies, you've built the right guy in your brain, you know, and he looks one way in the brain and another way in the body, and you're like, that is the perfect guy. Let me ask you a question. Are you more focused on finding the right person or becoming the right person? Because there is a true, true difference between the both. Marriage has a greater purpose than just being in a relationship with somebody. When you really break it down, it's really more about my pursuit of God than it is my pursuit of another person. Because the only way I can truly love that other person is if my pursuit is on him. I mean, Gary Thomas wrote a book called Sacred Marriage a few years back. I love this quote. Listen to what he says in his book. He says, when marriage becomes our primary pursuit, our delight in the relationship will be crippled by fear, possessiveness, and self-centeredness. Wow. See, some of you are in that place where you're like, that so explains why we can't work this out. Why we're struggling to get from point A to point B in our relationship. Because the focus or the primary pursuit is the delight in the relationship or the marriage versus the delight in the relationship. And I become crippled by fear and suddenly I feel like I want to possess something or something wants to possess me. God has a greater purpose for that relationship and a greater purpose for marriage. I want to tell you today, We need to unpack our relationships. Here's why. Because most of us have gotten into relationships or marriages where we've brought so much baggage in that like on our wedding vows at the the end it says Samsonite. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of baggage we've brought into the relationship. And God wants us to unpack it. Why? Because if we don't unpack it the right way, We will struggle our entire lives, and God does want us to do that. In fact, in the book of James, the Bible tells us this. It says we should seek the wisdom that comes from heaven, not the wisdom that comes from culture. I mean, I want to say to you today, if if your idea of being in a relationship is the way that the culture teaches being in a relationship, then over the next few moments, this is going to really challenge you in a very, very good way. But I don't want to just challenge you. I want the word of God to change you. And God wants to change you as well. You see, here's what I know. There's really two main viewpoints when you start looking at it God's way versus the culture way. You see, there's a man-centered view of marriage. Man-centered view says this. I will maintain my marriage as long as my expectations and desires are met. Have you ever met somebody like that? Well, I'm, I'm calling this off because he can't meet my needs anymore. She doesn't really want to, she doesn't really care about what I need in the relationship. I mean, that's a very man-centered view. But I want to show you today a different, a God-centered view would say this. I will preserve my marriage because it brings glory to God and points others to him. I mean, I just blew up TMZ right there because that's a whole different viewpoint. You say, well, wow, I didn't know any of this. Like, no one taught me this. Like, when we were going through premarital counseling, no one set us down. Here's the problem. Many times in premarital counseling, and I've been as guilty as this as anybody else has, we focus more on compatibility than we do the true purpose of the relationship. You say, Sean, is it possible 
for me to have a marriage that truly honors God and points others to him? Yes. Yes. Well, I don't like her. Well, it's okay. She doesn't like you either. God didn't say, how compatible are you? And I can only use you if your compatibility meter is above seven. God says, I can do something supernatural in your relationships that moves you past a man-centered viewpoint to a God-centered viewpoint. I will preserve my marriage because it brings glory to God and points others to him. Why? Because it's not about being happily ever after. It's about being holy ever after. I want to be different. Different than what? Different than everything else in this world. God has a greater purpose and a greater design for our relationships. Now, here's the cool thing. You say, well, does this only work in marriage? No, it actually works in every relationship. If you're dating someone here and your focus is so much on them that you're waiting for them to meet all your needs, you're always going to feel lacking. God has a greater purpose. It is so that you can be set apart and you can be different. You can be different. There's no person in this room that would settle for average love. That's not what God wants. So it's about being holy ever after, not happily. Second thing is this. In order to have a different marriage, we need a different perspective then. Because for most of us, we have this perspective that's been built by our culture year after year after year. And and we wonder, why do I continue to think this way if it's not right? Because our culture bends us this way. You see, Paul in the scriptures in Colossians 3 He was talking to this church, and they were going through the same thing. The culture was really, really trying to bend them to think a certain way. And Paul was writing this letter to these believers in Colossians to help them understand what it truly means to be different. To not be influenced just by the things of this world, but to be more influenced by Christ. And so in chapter 3 of Colossians, he basically tells them how I can be different how you can be different, how our marriages, how our relationships can be different, to be set apart, to be unique, how I can have a different marriage. And Paul tells us this. Look at verse one of Colossians three. He says these words. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Look at verse three and four. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And you say, what in the world does that have to do with marriage? Well, I'm gonna back it up just a little bit, okay? I'm gonna back it up. And if you have a pen, I want you to write this down. Here's what Paul was saying to us. If my mind and my heart changes my relationships will change. If my heart and my mind changes, my relationships will change. He says, since then you've been raised with Christ, since you are a Christ follower, since you claim to know Christ, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. Here's what I know about every relationship in this room. For you to have a different viewpoint of the relationships you're in, it starts with your heart and your mind, not your spouse. See, some of you are starting to figure it out. It's not about working on your spouse. It's about working on you. 
And when God changes you, he can use you to change others. Let me ask you this question if you're married here today. How different would your marriage look if you spent all the time that you're spending trying to change your spouse and you spent it on letting Jesus change you? Can you imagine how different our marriages and our relationships would look? If my mind and my heart changes, my relationships will change. The focus cannot be on changing my marriage. The focus must be on changing me. So he makes this statement in verse two. He says, set your hearts, set your minds on things above. And then he says, not on earthly things. Not on earthly things. You know, when it comes to marriage and it comes to our relationships, we have a lot of earthly things that we have conjured up about our relationships. First one is this. If I get married, they will make me happy. As if something's so lacking in my life that only they can fix it. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe the person sitting next to you is perfect. (laughs) But chances are they're probably flawed, just like I am. So you mean to tell me you're expecting somebody who's flawed and is a sinner to meet every single need you have? Wow. That's one of the lies, one of the things that we've bought into, an earthly thing. The other one is this. And I know this is going to just shake some people up. If I clearly communicate what I expect, they should be able to meet my expectations. I mean, we work hard at communication in marriage, right? If I can clearly communicate what I expect from you, you should be able to meet my needs. And it just got really silent this morning. Some of you are like, he's in my grill and in my engine. Yes, I am. I'm under the hood by now, okay? I'm just telling you, that's one of the lies. That's one of the earthly things that we think about when it comes to our relationships and especially to marriage. If I somehow can get better at communicating what I really, really, really need or want from this marriage, you should be able to meet it. I want to remind all the women in the room, your husband spent seven hours watching college football yesterday slumped over the couch, do you really think if you clearly communicate to him, he can meet your needs? (laughs) Lord, help us all. I mean, he can barely get between four stations at the same time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a big struggle for us as guys. The third lie, the third earthly thing that we think about is if our marriage were like so-and-so's marriage, we would have a better marriage. We use the comparison trap. I'm going to compare my relationship to their relationship. I mean, we do that all the time. You know, even as a minister and being in the ministry, people say, man, I wish I had a relationship like you. No, you don't. We got our own issues. We got our own struggles. I mean, we're jacked up sometimes. I mean, we look at each other and go, we never fight about anything really good. We only fight about the stupid stuff. How many of you couples here today only fight over the stupid stuff? Amen. Thank you for your honesty. If you're at our LaGrange campus, how many of you fight about just the stupidest of things? We do that in life. You know why? Because many times we don't realize how important it is to quit looking at other people in relationships 
God doesn't want us to do that. That's putting your eyes on earthly things. And then this is one that I really struggle with, but we're going to hit over these next three weeks, four weeks. The other earthly lie we believe about marriage is that if I love him or her enough, they will love me back. You say, Sean, I just expect that that's true, that if I pour everything of me into him, that he's going to turn around and really love me back. That may not happen. There's only one person who's perfect enough to do that, and his name is Jesus. Only one. Amen. Only one. And I want to tell you today that Paul addressed that because basically he said, when my heart and my mind are in the right place, my relationships will be different, and I will not be set on earthly things. I won't think about my marriage or my relationships from an earthly point of view anymore. But here's the kicker today. Look at verse 3 and verse 4. He said, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I want to make a very profound statement to you today, and if you don't hear anything else I say, I pray that you write this down. This is worth the whole admission price today for coming. When Christ is my life, my spouse will no longer be the reason for my strife. When Jesus becomes my everything, and I no longer think my spouse can be everything to me, my relationships will change. You see, if you're here today and you're a man and you say, well, I don't know that I want my wife to love Jesus that passionately. I want her to love me. Well, can I give you a little clue? If you want her to really love you, let her fall deeply, madly in love with Jesus till she's consumed with him, and suddenly she will be able to love you in a way you've never been loved before. When Christ is my life, my spouse will no longer be the reason for my strife. He says it. He says, for you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. If I want my relationships, my marriage to be different, my relationship with Christ needs to be different. So I want to ask you a question today. Is Christ your life? Is Christ your life? You see, here's the thought today. Marriage is only the tool that God uses to shape us to become the person that God wants us to become. Now, I want to say that again. Marriage is just the tool. It could be any relationship. But I want to tell you that probably marriage is one of the most intense relationships you'll ever get into that God will use as a tool to shape you. Now, I want to say that one more time because some of you heard something else you thought I heard I say. Your husband is not a shovel. Your wife is not the rake. Sean, every time she talks to me, I just hear a raking sound. <laughs> no, your, your spouse is not the tool. Marriage is the tool that God can use to shape you to become the person that he wants you to become.
The question is, is Christ your life? Father God, I thank you today. As we've just dug into just four verses this morning of how important the marriage relationship is. God, I am constantly reminded that in this culture, we have a lot of different viewpoints of marriage. And Lord, we need therapy. We need to be reintroduced to what it means to have a different kind of marriage, what it means to have a different kind of relationship. And God, I pray over the next four weeks that you would help us unpack the things that we need to unpack in our lives so that we can have a different viewpoint. Lord, I truly believe the scripture's true that when my heart and my mind are set on you and not on earthly things, Lord, I'm truly free to love somebody with all of my heart. Lord, I pray over the next few moments as we enter into this time of decision, God, I ask you in Jesus' name that you would bring healing where healing needs to take place. Father, I pray for the person that's here today who has never, ever placed their faith and their trust in you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. I pray that today would be the beginning of a relationship with you that they have never knew could exist. And Father, we give you this time. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, whether you're at our LaGrange campus or here today at our Noonan campus, I wanna let you know that there's a relationship like none other. It's the relationship that God wants to have with you through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's not about compatibility, how you fit versus how Jesus fits. It's about the fact that God loves you and he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you so that you could not only know forgiveness, but so that you could have eternal life and you could have abundant life here on earth. And if you're here today with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and you've never ever entered into that relationship, I wanna invite you right now to pray this prayer with me. Just say, dear God, thank you for bringing me here today. Jesus, I know you love me, and I know you have a plan for my life. Today, Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Jesus, I place all my faith and all my trust in you. Would you come into my heart and save me and make me a brand new person right now? Jesus, I give you my life and I place everything in your hands.